0: Welcome back to Wild Game Dynasty, folks. This is Gary Morgan. This is episode 129. We have a wonderful guest today. Hey, his name is John McAdams. He's a ballistic expert out of South Texas. He has a uh, he has a really neat, uh, neat topic that he, him and I talked about at length. And I said, hey, we need to get you on this podcast because I think there's a misconception on, uh, on uh, one of these uh, topics that you're talking about, which is uh, really all about what a lot of people call as silencers. And uh, But, hey, there's a different uh, different vernacular for it, and he's saying, hey, we're missing out on an opportunity to own uh, some additional op- uh, tools of the trade for hunting, uh, marksmanship, target shooting, etc." Hey, let's roll right into this podcast episode number 129. John McAdams, this is Gary Morgan calling.
1: Good morning, Gary. It's great to talk to you again.
0: Oh, good. Hey, I appreciate uh, you taking my call, and uh, I appreciate you... Uh, being a little flexible on some things uh, and not everything goes uh, perfectly in the electronic world we'll say and uh, and I I had a couple of glitches but here we are where we have a neat topic that I want to talk to you about and you know what that is I'm I'm not going to blindside I don't got you for anybody so uh, (laughs) yeah Um, but in the in the uh, outdoor world or the world of firearms a lot of people call them silencers of course you know what that is all about you're a you're very uh, in tune to the ballistics and to the gun world, and that's a pretty cool thing, actually. And I, I always feel gifted in that I have a, a go-to guy, and I do you. We want to talk about that and maybe some hearing uh, protection, etc. but if we can get right into... Um, I, want to, I don't want to call it the silencer. I want to call it the suppressor.
1: Well, fair enough. You know, silencer is the name that was originally given to them on the original patent by Hiram Maxim way back in the day. and That's also what they're called in the uh, federal government legislation that regulates them. Okay. But suppressors are a better description of what they actually do than a silencer. You know, it's not at all like it is in the movies where... Uh, a person screws a silencer on their gun, and it goes pew-pew, and that's, and that's the end of it. I wish it were that good, uh, but, uh, but it's not. It's one of these things that a good suppressor, if you put it on you know, an appropriate rifle or handgun or whatever, it will dramatically reduce the sound or suppress the sound or moderate the sound. That's what they call it in some other countries, especially some of the old uh, British Commonwealth countries. They call them moderators.
2: Mm, but well,
0: that's kind of interesting.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's more like a muffler for a car, that sort of thing. That's it makes it a little bit quieter.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: a, good, a good suppressor is going to reduce the sound of a gunshot by about 30 decibels, sometimes a little more, sometimes a little less, but that is more or less what you're going to get from wearing ear protection when you're shooting, say that 20 to 35 decibel range mm-hmm. there. So it's still going to sound like a gunshot, not quite as loud not going to carry quite as far and there's some other aspects of it that are improved as well with a suppressor as well where it's going to reduce the physical muzzle blast of it of the of a gun especially compared to say like a 300 wind Mag with a muzzle brake on it Mm
2: -hmm. you take
1: that muzzle brake off put a suppressor on it it's going to make it quieter and it's going to just be a whole lot more pleasant to the guy standing right next to you, you're not going to be as likely to blow his eardrums out as you would if, uh, wow. You had that big, big muzzle break on it like that. Well, you, And then the suppressor also has the added benefit of reducing perceived recoil uh, of a, of a firearm as well. So you got a lot of different positive aspects going mm-hmm. along with using them.
0: You, you beat me to that punch. I mean, I had that question next and I'm glad you, uh, line those up in, in that order because, um, I'm a visual type of person, so I, I'm looking back on my previous career path, and that was law enforcement officer, firearms instructor, and, and you know, you're always looking for the, the guy or the gal that, you know, was maybe in the on-deck circle, we'll call it, but didn't have their ears on, we'll say, the protection, mm-hmm. and uh, and out at, the, out at a range, a public range where there's many people, and, um, you know, you're the guy that, or the gal that shows up with that suppressor, and look what the advantage is. Now look what you're not really. It's not that you're, you're still concerned about range safety. Huge. I mean that's paramount. Mm-hmm. But it's not to say you're not concerned about the uh, somebody standing next to you. But obviously that that piercing sound is is basically. I mean it's. I'm not saying it's gone. You know, you, know, you said something about thirty decibels. That just makes things, it's a game changer.
1: hmm Man. I mean, it really is. I, a couple of years ago, was shooting at a outdoor shooting range with my 300 Win Mag with a muzzle brake on it. And this shooting range had a uh, overhead cover on it. It was a very tall roof, maybe mm-hmm. 15, 20 feet, something like that, but it was still a metal roof. Kept us out of the shade, kept us out of the rain. Yep. But I was out there shooting, and there was a guy two benches over from me. <laughs> And he was wearing eye protection, ear protection, all that stuff, and you know, I'm just banging away with that 300 windbag, and he's like, "My God, man, what are you shooting over there? I'm like, man, it's, a, it's a 300 windbag." I'm, I'm sorry, right? I yeah. was not even like literally right next to him either. Wow. But it was it was brutal for him, even with all of his, you know, appropriate safety protection on, and he oh, yeah. moved a couple benches over like that, and I felt kind of bad for doing that to him. You know, I was operating within the rules. And oh, yeah. But I felt like I was behaving impolitely uh, to the other people out there, and so. But you go to the range with a suppressor on, and it's a whole different ballgame.
0: Well, John, we Google you, we come up come up with a definition. Yeah, he's an impolite person. I'm sure we are not seeing that. So, yeah, but it's it, but it's kind of it's 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 it is funny. I mean, grin grin funny, tongue in cheek funny, but it's true. I mean, uh, there you are now, giving it perfect example and and for folks down your way and folks up here especially in that southern michigan area and i that 300 wing mag is such a popular gun and that's not the only one that's going to bark so that mm-hmm. suppressor is just a uh, another tool we'll call it in our ability to uh, keep things safer for hearing protection wise and um And obviously there's things that you're going to talk about that probably a lot of people would have no clue that that's a side benefit or maybe a direct benefit from, from using a suppressor. Yeah. If you can share that with us, that'd be great.
1: Sure. You know, so the, like I said, the main and most obvious benefit of a suppressor is reduced noise and then going along with that reduced muzzle blast kind of as a secondary benefit of that is the reduced recoil of whatever it is it's not going to be quite as good as what you would get with a muzzle brake Mm -hmm. it depends on the suppressor and it depends on the muzzle brake but you go from just a right a that exact rifle cartridge load Mm -hmm. with nothing on the barrel to with a suppressor you may be experiencing 20 percent less recoil with it wow and in some cases it's tremendous yeah and going along with the reduced noise benefits of the of using a suppressor it has some amazing benefits potentially when hunting game as well and i got a couple mm-hmm. of interesting anecdotes that i've i've experienced over the years hunting with suppressors as well i'd like to share with you in the audience as well please if do I please do so i guess probably the first time i really noticed this i had heard about this happening before but the first time i really noticed it was i was hunting hogs out here in east texas mm-hmm. pretty thickly wooded areas it's very unusual to shoot past 100 yards here and Mm. it's pretty typical to shoot inside 50 but in any case i snuck up on a group of hogs that were feeding one morning there were three hogs together and i got into a good position uh, about 30 yards away from these hogs and i had a rifle with a suppressor on it and i waited for one of them to give me a good shot squeeze the trigger boom hog went down just like that and it lit out just kind of a muffled yelp Mm-hmm. squeal and yeah. hit the dirt and the other two hogs just stood there and looked at it for 30 seconds what the heck was that <laughs> time for a dirt, na-
0: dirt nap huh
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> and unfortunately both of those hogs were somewhat obscured by trees and vegetation mm-hmm. and i waited for them to maybe move and give me a better shot but in both cases they stood there just looked for for 10, 20 seconds, and they turned around and just walked away. They're like, I know something's going on here. I'm not really sure, but I yeah. don't really like it. They didn't run away, but they walked away. Mm-hmm. Had they been in a position where they could have, I could have shot another one of them, I usually would have had enough time to do that. I worked the bolt and got back on target and was just waiting, and just the opportunity never came.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, more recently, I was on a hunt in New Mexico with my son uh, just this past October, and I shot at a mule deer, it was about 300 yards away, and I missed with my first shot. There were two mule deer there together, and uh, the one that I shot at, he kind of jumped and looked around like he was real confused, like, what the heck was that?
2: Mm.
1: I, I think I shot right over his back, and I think he heard the, sub- the supersonic crack of that bullet going right over his back. Mm. But he was very confused as to what was going on, and he stood there, he turned a couple steps and then uh stood there for another 30 seconds and i shot again and i hit him with the second shot he went down like that and the other deer that he was with did not even react that deer was continuing to eat breakfast that morning and he did <laughs> not leave until my son and i walked up to get our deer uh, later now this one is public land in new mexico there's i wouldn't say there's a tremendous number of hunters out there but they the state the issues a couple hundred tags for that hunt. people mm-hmm. going everywhere um and those animals are hunted pretty heavily Mm -hmm. and in the past um when i have shot a deer out of a group out in the same area all the other ones immediately take off running. yeah wow and that's been the same i've also missed the deer out there too Mm -hmm. in that case the deer took off running as well immediately Mm -hmm. and uh so i'm sure that there's many factors at play here but the fact that my gunshot in both cases with this uh, hog and with the uh, mule deer that I shot at—the fact that it was suppressed, muffled—made it just a little bit more difficult for the animal to tell what was going on. And yeah. so each case it gave me a potential, a potential, or an actual opportunity
2: for a second shot. Heck yeah! That,
1: in the case of that deer, was the difference between me, you know, going home with nothing and going mm-hmm. home with that deer.
0: Yeah, it's nice too to the old adage. Uh, You know, you shoot, you pay attention where the deer or the animal that you're uh, looking to harvest takes off. Or, in this case, you kind of see what the animal behavior is afterwards. It can tell you many things that are advantageous about locating or understanding how that track might might start looking for you. Knowing, you know, what the animal behavior is. And with the uh, suppressor, based on what you're saying, that's going to give us a lot more. Data or intel, right after you basically squeeze that trigger, to uh, know what to do next, um, or at least gives us a little tiny bit of advantage. And everything at that point is really important.
1: Yeah, that's one hundred percent true. Yeah. And like in the case of this mule deer too, you know, three hundred yards. I mean, it's far, but not super far away. Wouldn't like go shooting it at eight hundred yards or something like that. Mm-hmm. But because I had the suppressor on my rifle, and it reduced the recoil uh, of it it helped me get back on target faster than was the case would have been the case if I had nothing on the barrel too. And yeah. my son was sitting right next to me and I didn't have to worry about blowing his eardrums out with, with the uh, you know muzzle brake on my rifle or, or anything like that. And so it worked out uh, yeah. very well on, on, on a couple, a couple of my previous hunts with these, with these different setups.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I would think there are some hunts. I mean, I'm trying to think out loud. I can think of uh, here in Michigan, we have a, limited, very limited uh, elk harvest. Matter of fact, uh, we have two seasons, one in the fall during their breeding cycle, and then one here in December that's uh, going to open up here this weekend, And uh, or I should say that, I shouldn't say that, it opens up on the 12th, So, uh, but um, I remember um, we had three fellows, there was two of us guiding, one guy had two hunters and I had one, and we were struggling, um, you know, it's just—it's like anything, you know. When you're and when you have cow tags, you locate all the bulls. When you have bulls or cows, and <laughs> that's kind of what was going on. Yep. And f- yep finally, we had some, we secured some permission from a uh, farmer, and uh, so we set up on them after a couple of days of scouting. And here they are. One guy shot, man. I tell you what, it dispersed that herd. <laughs> next two guys didn't have a chance. <laughs> you know, and it's kind of like that, or. How about those, uh, hunts that you book in other countries? I mean, Africa's very popular for, mm-hmm. for those that, uh, save their pennies and, and nickels and dimes, we'll say, but, um, here you are sitting in a, or standing in the back of a vehicle or whatever the hunt, however it's designed and that suppressor would be so nice to not have to, uh, spook everything around it. Plus, uh. Cause everybody to cover their ears, and then when everybody's ears are covered, then if somebody has to bark out an order that's really important to hear and understand, nobody hears it. I don't know. It just seems like the 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 uh, advent ad, the advantages of a suppressor far outweigh any of the I I think so far outweigh most any of the concerns and that uh, would cause somebody to say legislation to say uh uh-uh, uh or maybe at least uh, um, cause us to look at it quite differently and um, and, and mm-hmm. look at it in a way that maybe it, it is a, uh, a tool that's too valuable just to uh, not allow. So.
1: Yeah, I, I agree 100%. For a long time, I resisted getting a suppressor because I was afraid of just what a pain in the rear it was going to be. Mm-hmm. I overestimated how difficult it was going to be to get one.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: actually, my very first experience hunting with a suppressor was about seven, eight years ago in Africa. Mm. Uh, I was on a hunt with, with some guys in South Africa. And the funny thing uh, about this is, and you see this play out several different several different places in the world. South Africa is one of them. Mm-hmm. Where getting a rifle there is, you can do it, but it's more complicated than buying a rifle for most people in most states in the United States.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But... Getting a suppressor there, not a big deal at all. Wow! Yeah, and it's in in some cases, um, in some countries, especially let's say like the UK, mm-hmm. it's almost considered rude to go hunting on a place without a suppressor.
2: Really,
0: <laughs> really,
1: it, it, wow. it is. Wow! You know, yeah, for the for the reasons that we talk about. And so, mm-hmm. like especially like in the in the United Kingdom, there's a lot of places where people hunt where they're doing it it, it safely and carefully, but mm-hmm. There's houses and people living just scattered all over the place. There's not gigantic tracts of land where people go and just hunt. So there's Mm -hmm. a lot of hunting in agricultural areas or hunting in a forest where, you know, there's houses within several hundred yards of there, that sort of thing. And Mm -hmm. so having a suppressor allows someone to go in there and hunt and, like I said, do it safely and responsibly, but when they shoot at something, It's not as big, not as much noise pollution to, say, the neighbors who are just trying to go about their day while Mm -hmm. you're out there hunting.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. And like we've talked about, you know, like with the people around you, when you're hunting in Africa, there's always people with you. At a minimum, you're going to have a professional hunter or a guide and a tracker with you, usually, and sometimes more, Mm -hmm. but you're looking at about two people with you Mm -hmm. and you know, those people may guide dozens of hunters a year and shoot lots and lots of animals. And just so they're exposed to lots and lots and lots of gunshots.
2: Mm-hmm. a year.
1: And when they are trying to help you experience success on a hunt, they, you know, they get you set up on, on the sticks to make the shot.
2: Mm-hmm. Quite
1: often, the, uh, the pH and or the tracker want to be looking at that animal with their binoculars mm-hmm. while you take the shot so they can see, OK, where you hit it, that sort mm-hmm. of thing and uh gauge the animal's reaction and all of that stuff well if they got their binoculars in their hand they can't have their fingers in their ears
0: that's right due
1: to the due to the nature (laughs) of the way things work over there they want to have their ears uh free so to speak to be able to hear what's going on and each other and all of that stuff and so we can talk more about some more modern ear protection here later but say you know, you go back 10, 20 years ago, there weren't a lot of choices for, for guys to protect their ears where they could still hear.
2: Mm-hmm. There's
1: better electronic ear protect, better electronic hearing protection now than there used to be. But you know, it used to be you just wear regular, plain old earmuffs over your ears, and it blocks out everything. It, I was
0: going to so, say it blocks out everything though. Mm-hmm. Everything. And so a it lot might of, be, a, might a, be lot a of those guys. Yeah, it might be a command from somebody that just popped in his brain, and he noticed something isn't right. Maybe somebody in the group's unsafe everybody needs to know, you know, and how yeah, do you, how do you pass that on when our ears are covered?
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And there are some cases too, where if you're hunting dangerous game over there, mm. um, you know, your ability to hear something moving in the grass or oh, the trees, man. you know, ahead of you could mean the difference between life and death. So these guys want to have their ears available to hear, but you know, you also don't want them to get destroyed over right. the course of years and years of, of doing that. So, more and more cases you're seeing, especially like with client rifles over there, where mm-hmm. if they have a rifle in camp, a client can go over there and hunt with. It's going to quite often have a suppressor on them, not all the time, but in many cases. And so, it's just be it's very common in many places in the world, and is becoming more common in other places in the world. It's not legal everywhere, mm-hmm. but a lot of places it is, and more and more people are getting turned on to the benefits of using suppressors.
0: Let me ask you, John, uh, I guess I'm kind of putting you on the spot, but um, it, are all 50 states uh, regulated? Well, they're all you know, states' rights regulated differently, but being that this is kind of a federal thing, are all states allowing the use of a suppressor, or is that
1: state by state? Very good question. So there are 42 out of 50 states where you are allowed wow. by state law to own and hunt with a suppressor. Uh, that is, of course, assuming you're in compliance with the federal law to do so. But yeah. on top of the federal law, those eight states, and they're the ones that you would expect, California, <laughs> s- New, New, Jersey, New Jersey, that sort of thing, they I'm just, sorry, by and pickle. large, prohibit the ownership of suppressors. And so even if you wanted to go through the federal uh, hassle of doing so, you couldn't do so. But yeah. in Michigan, you can. Yeah. In Texas, where I live, you can. Florida, yeah. where I know you hunt a lot, you can. Mm. Um, awesome. All, so... Um, and some states may have some other restrictions uh, that are placed upon it that you need to be aware of, whatnot. but like I said, by and large, it's something that you are allowed to do with the caveat that you just check on the regulations before you do so. But this yeah. is also one of these things as well, that when it comes time to actually buy a suppressor, if you decide that you're going to do that, a, a dealer is not going to... Sell you something that is illegal for you to own, right? Or right. they, you know, they want to make sure that they are in compliance with the law and that sort of thing. And so, there's no uh, gun dealers in Illinois, for instance, that are going to sell you a suppressor, <laughs> so you don't have to accident, worry about accidentally buying one. Okay, uh, no. There. No. so we mentioned well, four see. out of
0: four out of the four out of the eight <laughs> we <went> so far <laughs> that won't right. let's, let's sell see, you see one.
1: If I can get them all. So we got Hawaii, <laughs> California's two, Illinois is three. New Jersey for New York is 5, Massachusetts is 6. Yeah. Well, Gosh. Let me let me, <laughs> let me let me think of think of the other ones. I feel I feel like an idiot here. Well, there might be like, one that uh, just
0: surprises or fools us all, who knows.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um I'm sure it's going to come to me here in a second. Yeah. Give me one second. Um.
0: Yeah, I was thinking uh, Maybe something like, um, just because of me, Minnesota, but maybe not, Wisconsin, but uh, that, that's only for a few towns in them states, but, uh, you yeah, know, who knows? Rhode Island,
1: oh. Delaware, and Washington, D.C. Okay, yeah, yeah. So it is it is legal in Minnesota. That was a case where I think they're one of the more recent states to allow people to, uh, to own them Yeah. Um, but that's where we stand now. And as far as I know, every case of a state where that they are illegal to possess with state law, they are also legal to hunt with mm. uh, in, in accordance with state mm-hmm. law, too. I think Georgia recently updated their law, mm-hmm. where for a while it was not legal there. Mm-hmm. But I think maybe in the last couple of years they changed it, so that is something that is allowed to do. So with all this stuff, look into the laws before you buy one if before bet. you hunt with one, yeah, and you before bet. you travel with one, too, mm-hmm. uh, but it's much more widely uh, legally acceptable than was the case 20 years ago
0: i guess i'm asking you putting you on the spot again but this is one of these you know it's obviously a question that isn't necessarily in the top 10 when somebody's considering it but just because i mean when you own one and you travel through one of these states that doesn't allow the use of them is it doesn't allow the use or doesn't allow the possession
1: that is a good question i would say I don't
2: know.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> just, just I don't want to uh, give someone uh, an idea uh, that, right. that may be Ill- right. illegal to do.
0: Well, this, like, you know, for us to just talk about that just for the last uh, 15 seconds, it, obviously it will resonate to our listeners. That's That one's on them. They, and even if we told them the eight states, they still they need to, uh, as you mentioned earlier, they need to do their homework for their own mm-hmm. um, compliance and highly unlikely that a dealer would sell them one, a, a licensed uh, FFL would, would sell them something that's going to be illegal. I mean, highly, highly unlikely. I would say almost never, if not never. So, but, uh, boy, that just, uh, well, let me ask you now. This is something I thought about just a minute ago. When we talk about purchasing a, or owning a suppressor, I wouldn't have a clue what they cost, but I know they're not. You know, it's probably not thousands and thousands of dollars. But I mean, in relationship to, you know, I just bought a. uh, Just well, it's a shotgun. But anyways, I just bought a shotgun. It's a Browning, the old Browning A five. Guy was selling it. (laughs) I happened to be in the right spot at the right time, and the price was really right. But, um, um, you know, cost me. I don't know, eight, nine hundred bucks. Are we looking at a suppressor, more there be for that or not? Not so much. About the same price. Yes. Yeah,
1: so, yeah, you're you're in the same ballpark. So okay. it's going to depend on. I'll give you a couple of examples here. It, um, price is going to depend upon what it's made out of and exactly what sort of suppressor we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. You can get steel suppressors i think places make aluminum suppressors now mm. those are going to be your more inexpensive suppressors mm-hmm. there are also other ones that are made out of titanium that are going to be lighter and uh, more durable those are going to be more expensive
2: yeah so a, a, to...
1: a lot of people myself included
2: mm-hmm.
1: look at a suppressor like it's a like a lifetime purchase yeah. i'm going to buy this and, and go through the hassle of, of doing it now and then get 30, 40, 50 years out of it, and maybe even give it like this. And so, wow. um you can use it on multiple rifles, use it for a long time, okay. take care Ooh. of it. It's going to last like like a rifle well really.
0: Yeah, well, wait a, a minute time. now. I mean, uh, so this isn't because I own maybe a 30 six and a 308, I don't need separate suppressors unless that's what I want is to have two of them. I can put, you're saying I can apply or or install that on one gun and another gun. Are there limitations on that, as far as the sure, so uh, manufacturer's another, stipulations?
1: So that's another very good question. So, um, I was I was just talking about, uh, say, like a like a stainless steel suppressor. You're gonna mm-hmm. be looking at stuff say around seven hundred dollars for there. Okay. It's gonna go up to a little over a thousand dollars probably for a lot of stuff that's maybe titanium, but, bigger, but, or more robust.
0: But like you said, this but, is a kind of a one time thing unless you lose it or give it away. Um, mm-hmm. And especially if, yes. if you can use it on more than one gun. You know, I guess I that's why I asked that to you.
1: Yeah. And so here's, here's the answer to that question. Yes, for the most part. Okay. Silencers usually come in a couple different sizes. So in the United States... It's very common to have 22 caliber and mm-hmm. 30 caliber suppressors and then there's some stuff around the edges too I know places make uh, say three three eight caliber suppressors yeah um and say both I think uh, silencer central and I think silencer Co also make 46 caliber wow. uh, rifle suppressors and then there's also a lot of 45 caliber handgun suppressors
0: yeah well you can as see the long need... as you... I can understand the need for those last three calibers you mentioned holy smokes
1: <laughs> It's, and so as long as you are dealing with a firearm that has a threaded barrel, we can talk about some of the, the ins and outs of that here in a second, but as mm-hmm. long as it has a threaded barrel, for the most part you can use a suppressor on a rifle with a threaded barrel that is a smaller the same size or smaller caliber wow. than the suppressor. So that thirty caliber suppressor you can use on your through and your thirty on six. And like a wind mag, wow. you can use on two. Two seventy 65 Creedmoor, mm.
0: all of that stuff. Wow, that's awesome. There's, I mean, guy has a gun cabinet. You know, I see some people's gun cabinets. I was <laughs> like, one of, one of my buddies, I said, Where's your other gun cabinet? And he said, What do you mean? I said, I know you got more guns than this. You just, <laughs> you don't, he said, That's the ones that I don't want you or my wife touching. And uh, and I said, Or me touching, but her knowing about. And uh, <laughs> yeah, we got a good kick, kick out of it. She knew about it. We were really, Given it but um it's not like you, you say, well i got five sup- suppressors man that cost me about five grand or four grand why you got five well i got five different guns or you know but if you're saying if under a few stipulations or a few uh situations that one suppressor is good for as long as it's in that parameter of say 30 caliber on down they're interchangeable among and threaded barrel but um that's pretty neat.
1: Yeah, it definitely is. And if you wow. think about the stuff that most people hunt with, it's usually thirty caliber or below.
0: Yeah, it is. Yeah, and for for what people purchase or spend on a gun, and uh, you know, it's like I had <laughs> again a story story to be told. But we're out at a pheasant put and take, and I look and he's got a pretty nice Benelli. I said, "Man, that's a nice gun." I said, "Most guys wouldn't take that out of their gun cabinet." He says, "Now, I've got a, you know." couple handfuls of guns maybe not even quite that he said but I use every one of them and uh, but that would be a neat thing on the suppressor side is uh, you know you you, you got your gu- you got your guns that you're really happy with and you're thinking hey uh, you know the suppressor thing is legal in Michigan hopefully our listeners are is starting to turn some gears inside there between the ears and say hey um, I can see a lot of positivity coming out of this um, what are some if there is any, other than maybe the obvious, but what are the, some of the drawbacks or maybe some of the negative things that, uh, whether we hear about them or whether it's be something to consider before somebody purchased one?
1: So that's a very good question. I and mean, as good as they are and as many benefits as they have, as much as I like them, mm-hmm. they're not perfect and there are downsides with using the yeah. suppressor. Mm-hmm. We can talk more about this later, but the first one is just a. Uh, hassle of getting and the regulatory requirements of doing that it's okay. not as hard as most people think it is but it's time it's time consuming and it takes you know sometimes six 12 18 months uh, to get one from the time you you start so that's a turnoff for a lot of mm-hmm. people it's a turnoff for me for a long time but like yeah. i said we can talk more about that uh, later if you want next one is going to be the fact that it adds length and weight at the end of your barrel of yes. your rifle so it okay. can Throw off the balance characteristics, and it also just – it can make, it make your rifle longer. You put a eight-inch-long suppressor on the end of a barrel that's 24 inches long, and you have a gigantic rifle. Yeah. And it, it's a little bit of a pain to carry, say, over your shoulder, walking through the woods, getting hung up in trees or mm-hmm. maneuvering in a box blind, all mm-hmm. that stuff. Um what is... That is the big –
0: is sorry. It, go ahead. Well, I'm I'm sorry, I'm interrupting here. But is that suppressor something that, a, a, say, a hunter is going to walk from his where he parks out to his deer hunting spot, and he's going to go through some brush? Because I'm I'm in northern Michigan, and particularly hunting the upper peninsula, it's m- most of it is timber as far as the eye can see. Can he install that, or you know, on yeah, his gun in easy. a relatively easy way where he can put it in his maybe his pocket or something like that, secure it in his uh, backpack and apply it when he gets to the blind?
1: Yeah, you could potentially, you could definitely do that. You know, so especially to say if you get to your blinds in the morning and it's dark, like a lot of people do, where you can't be shooting anyway. Yeah. And yeah, you need to walk a bit, carry it in your backpack, put it on once you get to the blind. Wow. Not that big of a deal. You don't need a big old Um,
0: toolbox or something to to do this.
1: No. Wow. Most, so I exclusively use suppressors that are direct threat. Mm-hmm. Where it's there's threads on the end of your barrel. There's threads on the suppressor. You just this is one thing that the movies get right. You take that suppressor out. and You just screw it onto the barrel, and it takes yeah thirty seconds. When do, you see that big of a deal.
0: When you say threads in the barrel, are you talking about the the twist, or are you talking about? No, so about these th-
1: threads are going to be on the outside of the barrel. So somebody have yeah,
0: okay. Somebody's going to have to take it to so, a to a, to a machinist.
1: Yes, so a lot of modern production rifles come with threaded barrels, especially if they have a muzzle brake or something Mm -hmm. like that, but even stuff from Ruger and sometimes Tika, Savage, whatever, many of their rifles now are going to have threads on the end of the barrel, Mm -hmm. and it's at the very end of the barrel on the outside of it, like you would be uh, screwing a, a nut. Onto yeah. the end of the barrel. Yeah. That's how it works with a suppressor. You got male threads mm-hmm. on the rifle, and then female threads on the suppressor.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. If okay.
1: you have an older rifle that is not threaded, it is something you can take to a gunsmith or uh, you know something. There's companies that do this, or just mm-hmm. a, a good gunsmith should be able to do it as well. Yeah. They'll be able to uh, add the threads to your barrel, and it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. Absolutely. And
0: so, you Andy. know, we
1: talk about. Mm-hmm. Sorry. What, what was your question you were going
0: to have? Well, just to, when you're, say, for instance, you um, you got your, your your rifle, you don't put the suppressor on because maybe it's on a different rifle, a different gun, but you want to protect the threads. Would there be something that a person should consider to put a, put a protection on that end of that barrel on the threads? Maybe because I'm thinking of myself, I'm not the most gentle person in the world. What I'm thinking about, you know, you're walking through the woods and things happen. And uh, mm-hmm. instead of, uh, you know, having those threads, you know, bear themselves to whatever the hunter decides to, you know, expose them to, is there a, uh, is there, is that a consideration?
1: It is. And it's, there's something called a thread protector, actually, that, uh, that you do that. It's just a little piece of metal that you screw on, wow. onto those threads and it's, it sits almost flush with the barrel, and it protects the threads when you're not using them, and it's really easy. You just unscrew it. and You put a suppressor or a different type of muzzle uh, device, whatever you want to put on there, on it. Yeah. And so, mm. uh, say, a lot of my – like, if you just go to the store and you buy any type of AR-15, usually they're going to come with some type of muzzle device, often a muzzle brake or a flash suppressor. Mm-hmm. I'm at the point now where when I buy an AR, I immediately pop that muzzle device off put a thread protector on it yeah and then i put a suppressor on it when i when i shoot them now
0: yeah Mm. boy this is really interesting john i had no idea about all this but you know what what's what's really cool is and for our listeners i'm hoping they echo my sentiments is that the way you're explaining it it takes a lot of the mystery right out of this whole thing and it puts it into such a practical perspective and and what we can expect. This thing is not a complicated thought process going on at all. I could see, moving forward, I buy a rifle and it's got the the exposed threads. Maybe I do or don't hang on to that rifle, but I can put the thread protection on it and and offload that, sell it, and not have to explain to the fellow that I'm selling it to, and hopefully he truly understands, but actually, I'm looking at as a maybe that new buyer doesn't have a suppressor. Maybe he never will, but they've got a a uh, a tool that's attached to that gun, the threads, that actually I think adds to the uh, intrinsic value of that gun because it, it carries the opportunity to put the suppressor for whether that person maybe he sells it again. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm looking at that way to say. Even if I don't have a suppressor, I'm going to embrace those threads on the end of my barrel because it could change, and I'm looking at probably I am. And if I don't, oh well, it's still there in case I or somebody, a new owner, you know, maybe I move on in in life and go up to uh, visit, uh, or not visit, spend the rest of my life in eternity, which I'm hoping for, and the rest of somebody down on Earth got my gun and say, well, that, that good Morgan guy, he was a goof, but he wasn't that much of a goof because he had threads on the end of his barrel. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so well, anyways. Like, you like know, I said, a
1: lot of modern production stuff, say like the Ruger American Predator, a lot of those rifles, mm-hmm. not a very expensive rifle, uh, but they come from the barrel threaded, or excuse me, they come from the factory with a threaded barrel oh. with a thread protector on them. And yeah. so you can shoot them with nothing on the barrel if that's what you want and a lot of people do but it's real simple to put a suppressor or an aftermarket muzzle brake on there Mm. that's something the the user wants to use as well very and there's also now cases say browning makes a line of quote unquote suppressor ready rifles that not only are threaded but their barrels are a little bit shorter than usual depending Ah. on the chambering two to four inches that's cool that it's so that they're not as bulky when you have a big suppressor on the end of them. Wow,
0: that's I mean that's such forward thinking. Hey, mm-hmm. this gun industry and maybe I'm just getting getting uh, excited about something I just became aware of and I am. But uh, for our listeners, I hope they're seeing this whole thing that if they were unaware, maybe they were slightly aware, but this brought them up to speed. That this is a, all a cool thing, and uh, whether we have them or not, at least if we purchase a gun, it's ready. If we make that choice to go out and purchase a suppressor,
1: yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, you know, like I said, things have changed a lot just in the last five years with a lot of this stuff. Wow,
0: this is awesome. Hmm. Wow, I can you know, I can't think of that guy's name. I apologize to him, but uh, he's out of Missouri. He's uh, got an online channel on YouTube and Facebook. He's on there a lot. He, that's his job. I mean, he sells ads, etc. He's very good at what he does. Um, what a neat guy he is. He's a, um, a predator hunter, um, Coyote, almost exclusively. He, he finds himself getting calls from farmers like crazy and other you know deer hunters that want, want to tune down the population. And, uh, but he talked about that at one of his episodes and he'll reference it once in a great while when he knows it's maybe time to bring it up again. And how important. It is for him to consider the use of that. For him to have multiple shots, you know. Um, like he said, you know, I'm hunting some of the same spots and uh, trying to trim back the herd. And they hear that gunshot and they're gone. And it might even it might even be a a, a coyote that was in the bushes waiting to see what is what's going to happen to his buddy. But they hear the gunshot and he says, I don't know if they took off or not. I didn't know they were there. But when I go over there. Maybe a little snow on the ground. He says, "I can see what happened." He says, "I missed some opportunities because of the bark of the gun." And uh, mm-hmm. boy, what a! I know the applications of these is it, it isn't unlimited, but boy, there's a the uh, the scope of what it can do no pun intended. Um, what it offers the average hunter, um, or maybe not the average hunter, whoever that is. So many things. Oh my goodness gracious! Um, and I'm glad to know that at least 42 of the states um, have realized the advantages versus the, the perceived disadvantages, and um, maybe devise some laws that kind of cover that and make it a obviously a tool for the uh, for the hunter that will really appreciate it's kind of like anything you know somebody says well you know they're just going to use this for poaching and that and i said that's not a hunter don't put that poacher in the just because he might have camo on and a flashlight in his hand he's not a hunter he's a poacher that's a criminal mm-hmm. um, don't you know don't knock the rest of us don't you know handcuff the rest of us so to speak just because of that one person that's been an idiot there most of their life so with a suppressor thing i think that's kind of one of those things it really, at least in my book, I know it has some implications in that, but so do guns in and it itself. So, yeah, in the wrong hands. Hmm.
1: Man, this yep, has you're, been a... You're this... def- definitely right. Oh, uh, man. But yeah, I mean, ca- coyotes is, is a perfect use case for one. I've yeah. Heard people using them for prairie dog shooting is another one. Yeah. And, um And, you know, you and I were talking on my podcast a couple months ago about bobcat hunting, and how sometimes you'll call a coyote in when you're out there, uh, bobcat hunting and nothing is guaranteed. But if you shoot that coyote with a suppressed rifle, that bobcat might be more likely to, to come in afterwards where you bet. they might not have been as as likely to come in with an unsuppressed rifle.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, you, th- you hear that, uh, at least in Michigan from a lot of hunters, we have a, you know, a pretty significant coyote population and any landowner, that uh, really enjoys uh, uh, improving the habitat for the deer and the other critters, the game animals, really sees a coyote and says, "Oh man, you know where you see one there? you know there's a, many more, but this would be a great opportunity. They're sitting there deer hunting. Here comes a coyote. Do you want to ruin your your sit in the woods? It might be opening day because it you know that bark of that gun is going to chase you know probably alert the deer that might be nearby especially the ones that might be better just a short distance but with that suppressor there there may be a, an additional opportunity for someone to say yeah i can take a coyote not alert my deer much if at all mm-hmm. wow huh. that would be awesome for for that person just under that basic situation right there hmm.
1: yeah i would say so you know there's Nothing is guaranteed, right? Sometimes you can shoot a coyote, and a deer will still come in. Yeah. Twenty minutes later, like nothing. You're looking uh, at
0: it laying there, you yeah. know.
1: And then, and then sometimes you can um, shoot it even suppress, and it'll still scare stuff away. But it's something that can just shift the odds a little bit in your favor. And you and, bet, uh, yeah, you bet. You, you take all of these little benefits of it together. I think in, in, in my particular use case, it makes sense to use them and yeah. as, as long as I'm hunting in places where they're legal to use, I'm going to continue to hunt with a suppressor for the rest of my life. Amen. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's going to be my, de- my default thing that I do. And I, more and more people are starting to agree with me there. Too. You betcha.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's a, uh, I don't want to call it a game changer cause another, you know, um, ism, but, uh, but it is for so many people for so many reasons it can uh, be used in our not just for the hunter's advantage but for the neighbor's advantage for the people that live in the area that you hunt uh, different things like that so out at the range mm-hmm. oh god we can go on and on so it, what it what this po- podcast i think has done for a lot of listeners because it has for me it's opened up our my mind to some of the possibilities that it would have never crossed my mind had i not been uh, I've been on this podcast and talking to somebody that, like yourself that's very versed at this thing and, and has a uh, wide-open uh, uh, perspective on on some positivity that this uh, that these suppressors can offer. It's an opportunity. The neat thing about it was, too, I thought, wow, oh, you got to buy one for every gun. Well, that's not true necessarily even. I mean, most of the time it's not. So all that stuff's really cool, John. I know you've got a busy day today. We talked about that before I pressed the proverbial record button, but uh, so I don't want to hold you up. And uh, we got appointments and the rest of the day and different things. And if we're still talking on this phone um, podcast, we'll call it. Uh, and it's starting to get dark. And we know we talk too long. So, yeah. John, this has well, been a why treat,
1: don't, man. Well, why don't we, why don't we do this? Um, I have an article that I've written about one of my favorite suppressors that uh, actually was the one that I was using on the, well, the mule deer hunt I was telling you about. It's a really good suppressor for hunters. Yeah um maybe you could put that in the show notes for this episode people can check it out learn a little bit more about it learn how to uh, uh, go about legally purchasing one and that sort of thing some of the best practices that i've learned over the years and you bet, and learn more from there afterwards
0: oh you bet i appreciate that i appreciate you sharing that Yeah, with your extra permission i'd put it right on our blog for uh for our a lot of our listeners are also our readers so we post our our podcast right on your right on the blog as well the connection there the the links but the, that way i could post your uh your article right on that blog and in and, and that way too is i'll uh, i'll kind of interconnect them so they'll know if they read that they can hear more about it on the on the podcast so it kind of crosses over so anybody that wants to listen can
1: all right that's awesome i appreciate you doing that and for listeners that just want to hear more of me talking about hunting and guns and cartridges and that sort of thing i talk about suppressors too i recently did a episode where i talked about a bunch of different ones and i cover mm. some of the stuff that we talked about in this episode in a little bit more detail and yeah. give some other examples check me out at the big game hunting podcast anywhere that you listen to podcasts and gary will put that link to that particular article i was telling you about in the show notes and on the blog and that'll be good so i've really enjoyed this discussion with you gary um it sounds like you found it interesting and learned a lot so um, if there's any other questions you can answer before we uh, wrap it up I'm ha- happy to do it
0: well I think you've you've covered an awful lot but an awful lot of neat stuff and I really appreciate that and a lot of stuff that most everybody's going to be able to uh, take in and digest it and apply it to their own own life their own use and which makes it pretty cool so for that uh, we uh, we appreciate your time John and um, hey you have a very Merry Christmas, and hey, don't forget, I know you won't. None of us, and to our listeners, are real meaning.
1: All right, well, thank you so much, Gary. You have a great Christmas as well. All right, thank you. You take care. This week's podcast brought to you by Hey, it is antler growing season until mid August, so now is the time to get those mineral sites going. And we can help with that with our product called Power Mineral. For more information, call 231-492-6697 or Facebook it at Edge Attracted Incorporated. And also brought to you by... Michigan Brand. Michigan Brand is a third-generation, family-owned and operated business out of mid-Michigan. We are known for our world-famous hams, jerky, and various sausage products. You can find us all over the state of Michigan as well as other states throughout the U.S. Check us out at michiganbrand.net. That's michiganbrand.net to learn more. And with that, we conclude another podcast episode with Wild Game Dynasty. Thanks for listening, and be sure to subscribe in your podcast app to receive notifications on future podcasts. Also, please head on over and check out our Facebook page. Be sure to like and follow it to stay up to date on highlights from our clients' turkey, bear, and white-tailed deer hunts. Until next time, guys, stay safe, enjoy the great outdoors, and happy hunting.